I want you to come with me roughly 3,000 years back to a desert where Moses was. So picture yourself right now, if you can, if you've got a creative thinking mind. Go back to this desert, and you're looking after sheep. I don't know how many sheep are there. And uh, you've been there 40 years. Now, I know some of you aren't 40, but still, imagine you've been there 40 years, roughly. And you're looking around, and you, you see this, not Christmas tree. There's no Christmas tree there. But there was a bush. There were bushes, and bushes would burn on a regular basis. But as you're looking, there's this one bush you notice. It's burning, but it just keeps on burning and burning, and it's not consumed. Exodus chapter 3, you can read the story. And so Moses kind of thinks, wow, that's interesting. But he doesn't walk away from it. He says, no, I'm going I'm to take a closer look at this. Why is this bush not consumed? As he takes time to reflect and to think and look at this burning bush, God speaks to him. An angel of the Lord says, Moses, Moses. And Moses has this incredible encounter with God that would change his life forever. And God wants you and I to have regular encounters with him, otherwise we become very religious. Religious people aren't very nice. And, um, you know, we don't have that relationship with God is not strong. I want to talk to you today about how you can encounter God at a burning bush on a very, very regular basis. And it's actually not that hard. The burning bush I'm referring to today is, is this book here, God's Word. Because how many of you know this book is alive? It's powerful. It speaks. It's life-changing. It can transform. You can change you. And, and so often, I want you to think, uh, from now I want you to think of this God's Word as a burning bush, where you can encounter God on a regular basis. And this is how it works, and I'll talk a bit about this today. This is how it works, is you, you're reading through this book, and suddenly you read something, and it's just that 1% more interesting than the rest of what you've been reading. That's your burning bush. That's your moment. What you've got to do is grab that moment. And then like Moses said, the key to Moses' encounter with God was he saw it, and he didn't walk away. Sometimes we read the Bible, and we think, oh, that's a good verse, and we walk away. No, 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 you've got to turn aside and reflect and pause and ask questions and meditate on what has just got your attention. And it will speak to you, and that's your encounter with God. And it will begin to change your life in a significant way. I remember when I was first saved, the days of Enoch. And uh, I found reading this book really tough. I just, you know, you'd op open the book up and you'd read something there and you'd think, Man, what on, what on earth is that about? Like, it just didn't. It just wasn't alive, and it just didn't speak to me. And you know, I kept hearing them preach. You've got to read the word. You want to be a strong Christian. You've got to read the word. And I'm thinking, burning God, you've got to help me with this. So I remember praying one day, and it was when we lived in Hillsborough with my parents in Tropicana Drive. And um, I remember the the day, the day I just I said, God, this book is is so hard to read, and it's, I don't find it very interesting. You've got to help me. Would you give me a hunger for your word? And I didn't hear the audible voice of God, but something said to me, Tark, it's yours. Over 40 years ago, from that time, I've had a love and a hunger for this book and read it every day. 
for a good period of time. I was in uh, Invercargill maybe a month ago. I can't remember exactly when it was. This lady came, comes up to me and she said, oh, Pastor, I've got to tell you a little story. And I said, tell me. She said, well, years ago, she said, uh, a few years ago, God began to stir me about reading the Bible. And she said, but I found it so difficult. I struggled to read the Bible. She said, I was listening to you or watching you on Running With Fire. I'm not sure which one it was, radio or TV. And she said, in that meeting, you, you, you prayed for anyone who wanted a, a greater love for this book. And I, as I listened to you and you prayed, she said, from that day, I've had this love for, you, for God's word. She said, I just wanted to let you know. I said, thank you so much. So you can impart what you carry. Fifteen years ago, roughly, a young man comes into my office, and he said, Pastor, <laughs> this book is so dry. <laughs> he said, it is so boring. He said, uh, would you pray for me? So I said, how much money have you got? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. So I prayed for him. Nothing happened, he said. He said, until a few days later, he said, I suddenly realized I had this love for God's word. And he said, I've had it ever since then for at least the last 10 years. At the end of the service, I'm going to pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, whether you're watching on television or you're rather seated here today. I'm going to pray God's going to give you a, a greater love for his word. I want a greater love for his word. So if you've got your Bible, either written or on phone, would you grab it right now? Just, just grab a hold of it, okay? And I want you to keep a hold of it right throughout the service. And would you right now, just quietly, would you just pray and keep praying throughout the service, God, would you give me a greater love for the Bible? Because if you get that, friends, that will be probably the greatest gift of God you could ever have in your life. Most of you will get Christmas presents this year, but a love for the Bible will beat any present, no matter how expensive it is, it'd be the greatest gift of all. So why don't you believe God? That as you hear this message, that something's going to happen on television, uh, in your heart today, and you're going to come away with this passionate love for God. I read this about God's Word. It said, warning, this book is habit-forming. Regular use causes loss of anxiety and fear. A decreased appetite for lying, hating, and sin. Results in increased symptoms of peace joy, and love. Why wouldn't you read it? <laughs> Fear drops or decreases. Anxiety decreases. Joy goes up. Peace goes up. Love goes up. All the things the world is searching for, it's found in the book. The book of books. It's alive. It's powerful. It's life-changing. can set you free. Pastor Chuck Swindle was, years ago, that great preacher, teacher, pastor, he was in the Marine Corps many years ago in Okinawa. And he had a uh, bunkmate. And the bunkmate knew that uh, Swindle was a Christian. He said to him right, right from the beginning, he said, I don't want you ramming religion down my throat. Is that clear? <laughs> so Swindle, yeah, no problem with that. But Swindle was doing this Bible memory program. And so he said to this mate, he said, look, would you help me with my memory program? So I'll read the scriptures out to you. You just tell me if I got it right or wrong. And the guy said, yeah, okay, but just remember, I don't want to become a monk or something like that. 
not interested in this Christian nonsense. They went on, they did it, and uh, Swindle says that this guy never showed one ounce of interest in Christianity. There's no sign whatsoever. 25 years later, Eddie, his name, rings Swindle up. He says, hey, chap. <laughs> he says, Eddie, your bunk mate back from Okinawa. He said, I'm a Christian now, thanks to you. You know that Bible memory verses? He said, it worked. more power in this book than you would ever dream. More power. Not only change, but to save lives as well. It is an awesome, awesome book. So next year, Church Unlimited, you know what we're going to do? We're going to read through this entire Bible together in one year. In one year, we're going to do this. And so what we'll do we're going to follow Soul Food, which is uh, put together by our very own Peter Shaw. So we'll give you a bookmark. Each one will go for two months. So one side will have January, February. Then we'll give you March, April. I think you'll probably do it via online as well. But we'll have these bookmarks for you. And we'll have readings for each day. And then on Sunday, we'll select uh, the best reading from that week, if there's such a thing. And we'll publicly read the scriptures too. And together... We're going to make our way through the entire Bible. How many of you reckon that would be an incredible achievement if you could do that? Now, it's not going to happen easily, but, you know, because it will take some discipline and some effort. But I think if we do it together, I reckon that would just be a fantastic thing. So in 2017, that's last year, the Bible Engagement Survey was done, conducted by Nielsen and by the Bible Society of New Zealand. Did you know that of the Bible Society of New Zealand, I am the vice president? Are you impressed with that? You should be. I did say, I mean, it's, you know, it's a big sounding name, you know, and uh, I did say to them, well, how come I'm not president? I think they said, because you're an Indian. No, 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 they did not say that. That is joke. Everyone say joke. Because someone's going to say to me, look, you know, I'll go to the race relations if they said that to me. You know, I said, I'm, I'm above being a president. I'm humble. I'll be a vice president. Anyway, the point is this. They did the survey. They found the top three excuses for not reading the Bible. Are you ready? Number one, lack of discipline. Tell the person next to you, he's talking about you right now. <laughs> lack of discipline. Number two, distraction. Because as soon as you get your Bible out, guess what? The phone is going to ring. Someone's going to knock on the door. One of your kids is going to come out and say, Dad or Mom, I need to talk to you now. Something is going to happen because the devil's got to keep you away from the power source. That can change your life. Distraction. Number three, busyness. Now, I, I thought about busy. I thought, that's a pathetic excuse. Do you know why I say it's pathetic is, you know, say, I mean, hey, you're going to read the Bible. Let's say 10 minutes. Like, who's too busy to set aside 10 minutes? How long does it take you to have lunch? Yeah, two hours, some of you. 
you know, 10 minutes. So I don't know, they, people say busyness, but I don't think that's really the core point, is it? Because we can all find a few minutes to do this. They also found that three out of five New Zealanders over 13 own a Bible. That's 60%. It'd be good if they all read it. And, uh, but the one that really surprised me, listen carefully, they found that teenagers aged 15 to 18 are more likely to read the Bible and attend church regularly than those 19 to 64. Who's surprised at that? I was shocked when I read that. And as I've reflected on it, burning bush, you've got to think about it. I reckon there's a window here of hunger, of teenagers who are looking for answers. They're searching. Some of them are broken. They know that everything else in the world is not meeting their need. And so we've got to chase this next generation, folks, with everything we have got and bring them into a a, 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 a a burning bush, life-giving encounters with Jesus and see this generation on fire for God. Well, include us as well. We need a bit of fire ourselves. But I thought that was just, it just challenged me, that thought there. You know, at times in life, I'm sure you'll agree with me that, that life gets to the verge where you think this is impossible. Like, I can't, I can't do this. It's too hard. Is that right? You know, because of pain, disappointment, loss, you know, criticism, health issues, financial issues, relationship issues, life on this planet, I've said it so many times, it's just so hard. And I know that because I speak to so many people. It's really challenging. And sometimes, you know, the goal in life is actually just to make it to the end. (laughs) That really, I mean, that's a huge achievement. You just get to the end. But there is a way I want to share with you today that you can stand strong against the greatest challenges you'll ever face in life. I'm not saying the challenge will necessarily go away, but you can still be more than a conqueror, have a strong spirit, have faith, have joy and peace, despite all that you are going through. You can stand against the fiercest storm. And the greatest trial. Let me read it to you. From Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Can you say with me, and does them? Because those three words are key. It's not just a matter of hearing. And does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. God's word is a rock, friends. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. The rock of ages, immovable, unshakable, unbreakable, will withstand the fiercest storms of time from millennia past for eternity to come. The rock will never break or shake or be moved out of the way. Build your house on the rock. It goes on. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall. Friend, you need never fall. 
You need never lose your way with God. If you read this book, then do what it says. My Bible says you'll withstand the fiercest of storms. <coughs> Today, you can access teaching in so many ways. Television, internet, DVDs. You can hear the finest preachers in the world. And it's so easy now to get God's word into us through someone else. But what that means is you're getting secondhand teaching and revelation. So for many people, you know, it may be me. Pastor, you hear from God. You come and teach us and, hey, we'll receive your word. And, hey, we need to do that because God's given the gift of teachers to the body of Christ. So it's important. Not, I'm not negating that. That is important. But friends, I want to suggest to you that you don't need a mediator like myself to go to God to hear his voice and to receive teaching from his word for yourself. There is no barrier between you and God. You have access to an open heaven that you can go to God anytime, any day, any place, anywhere and have direct communication with God and He can speak to you by His Spirit and through His Word and you get first-hand revelation. You get first-hand teaching from God Himself. Now think about this. I'll come up here and I'll preach to you and yes, sometimes it's going to Touch, you know, touch a chord, it's going to minister to you, and it's exactly what you needed to hear. But I want to suggest to you, when you get alone with God in this book, He knows exactly what you need to hear. And He can guide you to the right passage, the right verse that just penetrates deep into your spirit and gives you the answer to the need that you have today. And you don't have to wait a whole another seven days to get something else from the Word of God. You can get it every single day of your life. You do not need a mediator between you and God. Between you and God's word, you don't need a mediator. Get it direct from the master himself. You see, that's the second great reformation. The first great reformation, sorry. See, what happened years ago, this Bible was only in the hands of people like me, priests and preachers and leaders, and they would interpret the Bible. And of course, they misinterpreted it as well to take advantage of the people, got money out of them. So God said, that's no good. Can't have these big shots, you know, having a... a, a control over the Word of God and what's presented from it. So there was the first great reformation, got this book into the hands of every born-again believer so they could hear from God through His Word for themselves. They didn't have to go through someone else. And can I add to that that there is a great danger? There's a lot of teaching and preaching out there that is not accurate to the Word of God. A lot of it is actually, the Bible says, going to be false teachers in the last days. And I've had people in our church come up to me and say, hey, do you know, this is an insult to me, by the way, and said, do you know who my favorite preacher is on TV? And I think they're going to say, oh, me? No, they say some other clown. <laughs> they say someone else. But it's okay, I don't mind it's someone else. But sometimes the person, they say, I think, my goodness, don't you know that, that guy is right off the course? He is, there's false teaching inside out. And there's a person who listens to me every week and cannot discern what's false. So you've got to be really careful, folks. If you start listening to people on TV and the internet and DVD apart from me, 
Check it out. Sometimes the best sounding teaching is the most false. Point made. <laughs> Let's move on from there. So it's no surprise with all of this that the Guinness Book of World Records, the Bible is the number one bestseller of all time. In over 300 languages, it has sold 3 billion copies in the last 50 years, 6 billion printed, 3 billion sold in the last 50 years. Poor old Harry Potter. <laughs> he only sold 400,000, not even 10% of the Bible. Maitzi Tung's readings and teachings came in second at 820 million sold. But the Bible, this book, 3.9 million sold, 6 billion printed. It has no rival. It has no compare. It has no equal. This is the greatest book on planet Earth and will never be surpassed. So why wouldn't you read it? Why wouldn't you read it? Put aside those other magazines and different things that you might look at or read and get a hold of this book. Even on, do it on your phone or on your computer, however you want to do it, but just do it. You know, it's the most powerful book in the world. Today we have more tra modern translations of Scripture than any other generation. Sometimes someone quotes a, 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 a translation, I think, man, I've never even heard of that translation. There's just so many of them everywhere, all over the place, one translation after the other. But guess what the result is? Still a biblically illiterate generation. Just because there's more ver versions to read from doesn't pe mean people are going to read it anymore. So more than versions, we need hunger. <laughs> hunger, hunger for the greatest book on the planet. So it becomes a burning bush whenever you touch it. You want to hope every time you touch, you get burnt. Something speaks. Something moves in your life. So Go Tandem did research. Over 10 years, 300,000 people. Now, if you've not listened to anything else, I want you to listen to this, all right? Researched 300,000 people, and they found that life transformation and spiritual growth which we all want, happens when a Christian engages with God's Word. That means reads it, thinks about it, meditates on it. Engages with God's Word at least four times a week. At least four times a week. And I know all of you want life transformation. I know all of you want to get closer to God. You all want to be more like Jesus. But what research is now telling us is that's not going to happen by coming to church once a week. It's not going to happen by watching DVDs and going to conference after conference. It's just not going to happen. If you want life transformation, be more like Jesus, you've got to engage with this book at least four times a week. Otherwise, this time next year, you'll be the same as you are today. Nothing will have changed. And I know that no one wants that. No one, you, no one here, and the, you wouldn't be here. 
you, you want change. You want trend. You want to be more like Jesus. Every one of us does. So this is not a condemnation. This is the truth setting us free. Because sometimes we wonder, how come my life has not changed? How come I'm not getting victory? How come I'm not winning in these areas? Well, we've explained it today. Got to engage with this book four times a week. Now, I recommend seven, because <laughs> that's what I do, seven, and my life changes. Needs a lot of changing yet. My wife told me that, so. <laughs> Does need a lot of change. We all do. We all need a lot of changes. I do recommend seven, but if you can get to four, wow, you'll never be the same again. And your spiritual temperature will go up. As Church Unlimited reads through the Bible next year, all of us together, guess what's going to happen? The spiritual temperature of Church Unlimited is going to go up. And then we'll be able to get the spiritual temperature of the Church of New Zealand up. And of the UK up. But we've got to get it ourselves first. You know, we're a church. We're known for prayer. We're a champion for prayer. People say, oh, church, oh, you guys pray, don't you? We're known for, for great commission and souls. Oh, you guys are all about souls and nations, aren't you? I said, yeah, we are. I'd love us to also be known. Church, I mean, you're the church that upholds God's word to the highest place. Aren't you the church that gives prominence to the word of God? Aren't you that Bible reading church, that Bible teaching church? Wouldn't that be great? To be known for a real Bible teaching, preaching, loving uh, Bible center here in Church Unlimited would just be absolutely fantastic. So let me give you three steps. Read, read, read. Now that's just the first step. All right? This one. Say it with me. Read, read, read. Number two, ponder. Ponder, ponder. In other words, think. Is that asking too much? Think, <laughs> meditate, reflect, slow down. You can't read this book at the pace some of you drive. Honking your horns at everyone, get out of my way, I'm coming through. No, no, it's not going to work, folks. Slow down. Stop. It's a hard thing to do these days, isn't it? Stop. <laughs> Get the book out. Ponder. Reflect. Ask some questions. Say, Jesus, what did, what did you mean by that? So there was great joy in Jerusalem. Well, God, why was there great joy in Jerusalem? You know, I, I just read some passage there. Ask some questions. You know, we're more than conquerors through, through Jesus Christ. Lord, are we really? Is that true? Are we really more than conquerors? Can you explain that a little bit more? And Lord, why did you say more than conquerors? Why did you just say we're conquerors? You ask questions. Let him speak to you. Because he wants to talk to you. He is your friend. You know he's your friend, eh? How many of you know he's your friend? Would a friend ever not talk to you? No, no, he'll talk to you. He's waiting to talk to you. Sometimes you just got to get quiet enough, still enough, and stop long enough so he actually can't talk to you in the midst of all the other Russian things. And then number three is discuss, discuss, discuss. I just want to suggest, here's a thought for you. Be part of a small group that loves the Bible. Because, you know, when others love the Bible, guess what? You start to love the Bible too. There's an impartation from one to another. 
It says um, in um, Psalm 119.97, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. So there's this Christian farmer in Michigan, United States. And suddenly, imagine this is you, all right? Suddenly he's transformed in his walk with God. Like he's suddenly just got it. He's growing. He's on fire. He's a lover of God. And people think, what's happened to Mr. Michigan Farmer? And they all went out and got counsel from him because that's what happens. When you get close to God, people want your advice. Can I just add that if you get advice, make sure you get it from people who, whose lives are a bit together and have got a good track record, you know? Just, just thought, just thinking, just saying. Uh, getting advice. So they'd go to this man for advice. And they, then they asked him, well, how come you suddenly your fire for God, your love for God, just gone to another level? And this is what he said. He said, it all began, he said, when I devoted myself to the Scriptures. And he said, something happened when I studied the book of Ephesians. This change and transformation all came through prayerful meditation in the Word of God. In a year from now, wouldn't you like to be the Michigan farmer? And people say, what's happened to him? What happened to her? How come they suddenly, their walk with God is just amazing? It can be you, friend. It can be you. Just engage with the, the Word of God. Join us in that reading program through all, all of next year. As I bring this plane into land, Take yourself back, some of you, older ones, <laughs> others. Take you back a few years and some of you younger ones who are still getting there. When you first set your eyes on that, she's going to be my girl. Or he's going to be my boy. You remember that? Can some of you think back that far? Just think about that, all right? And so you've, you've decided that you're chasing this person down. You know, Romeo is after Juliet or whatever you like to call it. You're chasing this person down. And, the, you know, your heart is just gone, and you're just so desperate to win this person. And then one day in the mail, the letterbox, there's a letter from her or him. Or maybe it's an email, and it comes. And so you get it, and you start reading through it. You start reading through that, that letter, that email. <laughs> Not only do you read through it, you start then to read between the lines. You, you examine every word and you think, I wonder what she meant when she said, I am the most gorgeous person on the planet. I love the sparkle in your eye. You probably take it to your friends and hey, say, mate, what, what do you think she meant by this? You, you would... How many reckon you'd read it more than once? Twice, three times. Four, you would read it every day. You'd read it three times a day. <laughs> trying to discern what was she actually saying? What does she mean by that? Here's your love letter from Jesus. He's got things to say to you that will blow your mind. He's got words of encouragement 
of what he thinks about you, how much he loves you, how special you are to him, you're the apple of his eye, that you're more than a conqueror, you're an overcomer, you're, you, you, you're, you're not one of the seven billion, you're one special ind- individual person. He's got something he wants to say to you on a daily basis. He wants you to know how much you, his love for you is unconditional. It's this love letter from Jesus. Going back to our Romeo and Juliet. So Juliet goes up to Romeo a month later and says, Romeo, Romeo, <laughs> what did you think of my letter, my email? And Romeo says, oh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. <laughs> Juliet says, depending on what race you're from, <laughs> and you hope one of your friends visits you in hospital. You would never do that, would you? You would read it. We owe it to Jesus. Read his word, reflect on it, ponder on it. Read between the lines. This Bible is a key to your life. Engage with it at least four times a week. You will encounter God. You will hear his voice. He will set you on fire. And you will enjoy a life and a walk with God you never dreamed was possible. Amen? So in just a moment, don't leave, please, because I'm going to pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. If you've got your Bible, your phone, grab a hold of it. Stand with me, please. And let me pray. We've done this in both services at 9 and 10 in the city. And as I've prayed, I've felt God doing something in people's hearts. So just position yourself right now and just even begin to say, God, God, I so want this. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here with us. Thank you, Lord, that you've exalted your word to the highest place. Lord, in it is a love letter to each one of us. Father, we thank you that this is the most powerful book on the planet. It's like a burning bush where we can encounter you on a regular basis, hear your voice, and meet with you. So Holy Spirit, I'm praying for every person under the sound of my voice and in this great auditorium. Father, in Jesus' name, would you increase their love for this book, for your book, Lord, for you. Holy Spirit, would you make it like a burning bush? Lord, that when they pick it up to read it, Lord, they're going to begin to encounter you. Lord, they're going to hear your voice. They're going to receive wisdom and guidance and faith and encouragement and strength and help. through your word and by your spirit. So Father, I declare now in Jesus' name that every person receives now a greater passion, a greater love 
for your word, and Father, the discipline to then engage with it at least four times a week. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, you put your hands together for the Lord for what he's done.